0: With raising temperatures increasingly causing inconsistent weather and desertification of once flourishing soils, climate change is reshaping the way we grow and transport and access food globally. With estimates suggesting a decline in global crop production by 6% and increased food prices by 80% by 2050, climate change is one of the major challenges of our time. In Europe alone, The severity of heatwave on crop production has tripled losses over the last 50 years by 7.3%, affecting livelihoods and food security for millions. It's clear we cannot continue this way without taking direct action. There is one industry that has the ability to reduce its environmental impact and remove carbon from the atmosphere. This industry is agriculture we can't ignore that agriculture is responsible for 23 percent of the global greenhouse emissions contrib- contributing to deforestation and impacting biodiversity and ecosystems but while there are challenges there's also opportunity to reshape the current global food chain and utilize agriculture as a driving force for more sustainable future yes welcome to the first episode of the UPL Reimagining Sustainability podcast, a mini series looking at the possibilities for climate-positive agriculture and highlighting the work of UPL ahead of the Qatar 2022 FIFA Football World Cup. My name is Umuli Zanjiro, and I'm a global communications professional. I focus on advocacy and knowledge brokering efforts to encourage intentional conversations designed to demystify complexities for change today we will be looking at how upl is working across the globe to reimagine sustainability helping farmer communities and the agriculture sector at large claim a new role in the global sustainability efforts as south american regional supporter For the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022, UPL has teamed up to put sustainable agriculture at the top of the global development agenda. Throughout the Reimagining Sustainability podcast series, we will be looking into what role agriculture has to play in fighting against climate change and achieving net zero. I'm joined by Toshan Tomhane, Chief Strategy Officer at UPL. Toshan is responsible for driving new business building, digital and analytic initiatives, M&A, and proprietary investments. Since joining UPL in December 2020, he has been leading efforts in setting up the corporate venture arm, launching businesses in priority areas of sustainability and food systems, initiating partnerships and agri-startups, and driving the analytics and digital transformation agenda. Tushan has also been selected as one of India's 40 under 40 leaders by Economic Times. So Tushan, welcome to UPL's Reimagining Sustainability podcast. Since I took the liberty to introduce you, let's jump into it. I'd like to start by asking you, given your extensive expertise and exposure, how can agriculture be a force for good in global sustainability? What are the opportunities?
1: Muliza, thanks for this, and uh, it's a pleasure and honor to be on the podcast. I think if you look at agriculture, I think uh, all of us have to eat food. Okay. We have to eat food three times a day. And uh, even if some of us are on fasts, uh, you look at the population of the world approaching 8 billion. Okay. And you multiply it by even sort of two, two and a half times, we have roughly 20 billion meals every single day, okay, every single day, the agricultural community, the farmers, growers, come what may, come wind, water, storm have to feed the planet. And this challenge of feeding the planet is not going to reduce. You already mentioned that 25% of GHG is from agriculture. So there cannot be any solution to the problem of climate change without agriculture and the food system being a part of it. And from a UPL standpoint, we are very sure and we are very confident that uh, without agriculture, you know, we've, the, the scientific community seems to have solved the problem of uh, sustainability on say the EV front, okay, when you have so many electric vehicles, we have solved it on the green power front, but we haven't solved one of the biggest dimensions which is agriculture and that's the challenge we at UPL have taken up uh, for us. From our standpoint, opportunities are there everywhere. Regenerative agriculture, carbon sequestration, okay, another huge opportunity. Agriculture is a natural carbon thing. The soil is sucking carbon. And if only we are able to empower the farmers and the farming community. Almost 35 to 40% of the food that is uh, that the farmers create is actually wasted. And to us, that food waste itself, post the farm gate, is a tremendous opportunity. So, wherever we look at it, whether it's upfront in the food chain, whether it's post harvest, we as you, at UPL see opportunities from a sustainability standpoint everywhere, and we will definitely try to disrupt this.
0: What is UPL doing in reimagining sustainability in agriculture in this way?
1: Sure. Mulizar, I think at UPL we approach it as a triangle, as a triad. There is the consumer, there is the farmer or the grower, and there is the planet. If we solve only, say, the consumer's needs and only push biologicals, it is very likely that food prices will rise and we will have food inflation. Let's not forget that till 1700s, wars were not fought over oil. Wars were fought over food. The French Revolution, I mean, if you remember the, the saying of the French Revolution, what kicked it off was essentially... Queen Mary Antoinette saying, if they can't have bread, let them eat cake, okay. So we cannot allow food prices to go through the roof. So we need to take care of the the consumer interest. Now let's look at the farmers. The farmers are the most vulnerable entrepreneurs on this planet. Every season, when a farmer decides to sow the crop, He doesn't know whether there will be adequate rainfall. He doesn't know what the prices will be. He doesn't know what the middlemen are going to actually do. And yet the farmer is putting roughly 30 to 40 percent of his or her net worth online. So if things go wrong, 40 percent of the net worth is going to get wiped out. Who of us would take this such kind of risk? And yet farmers of this planet to feed us those 22 billion meals every day are taking that risk. And third, if we only protect the consumers and the farmers, the planet will suffer. So our approach is actually to take off all of these three constituents. And what we are saying is sustainability is not separate. It is at the core of our business. So for example, almost $500 million of of our uh, portfolio is actually biologicals because we believe that there is chemicals and there is biologicals, and we combine the two to create our pro-nutiva approach. That's our approach when it comes to sales. It is protection, which is through the crop protection side, the biological, the chemicals, the herbicide, insecticide, and then there is the biologicals, which is the nutrition aspect. So it's almost stimulus. If if we are ill, we need an antibiotic, but if we are healthy, we need vitamins. And we are taking that comprehensive approach in our basic business itself. We also have a post-harvest solutions business called Deco, where we want to make sure no food goes waste. If a lot of hard work, effort, sweat and toil has gone to create the output, we want to make sure there is no wastage. So we are reducing it. We have invested and created a large technology business in India, in South Africa, in Brazil, where we are making sure that information and data is being used to arrive at decisions which would happen because of gut feel. Agriculture is way behind on the technology curve. And yet farmers use smartphones. There are enough weather insurance, there is enough weather devices out there which give him or her the information to actually make some of those shifts required. When to sow something, when to harvest something, when to spray something. So we are bringing technology to the whole challenge of sustainability. Lastly, we also understand that none of this will be solved without new businesses. So we have launched financial services. We want to make sure that we are insuring the farmer in the right manner. We have launched carbon. Why should only Tesla benefit because of uh, its carbon credits? We want to make sure that if farmer does the right things, we want to reward the farmer with carbon credits and carbon markets. So we have launched multiple new businesses. To actually drive all of this. Similarly, from a UPL standpoint, we are saying this is not an option. We have actually uh, taken on sustainability loans from the capital markets. So, we have close to one and a half billion dollars of our debt is linked to sustainability. So, every water that we help save, every carbon footprint that we actually improve, we actually have a reduction in the cost of debt. So, to us, sustainability is at the core of everything we do. Okay, on the business side. Beyond that, we have lots of special projects. So we have, for example, our gigaton project, whereas UPL, we are saying we will sequester 1 billion tons of carbon by 2040. Okay, that's a huge thing. That's equivalent to, I think, the entire Brazil carbon footprint for one year. Okay. We have launched in India, women in ag. So we want to make sure that more women farmers more women are actually participating because we have realized that if we are able to touch a woman farmer, the prosperity enhancement effects of it are actually three and a half times because she is able to educate everyone around her on the sustainability dimensions. She is able to make sure that child labor in the field is reduced. She is able to make sure that the right decisions on counterfeit versus genuine products are made. Similarly, in Africa, for example, we have launched the Rice Race Initiative, which is supporting small farmers with tools, which is enabling them to do two things, improve yields, and second is reduce the carbon footprint of rice. Rice has a very, very huge carbon footprint. And through this Race Rice Initiative in Africa, we want to empower and educate farmers for this. So in a nutshell, we have embedded sustainability in our business, in our finances and capital markets, as well as in all our farmer and consumer outreach programs.
0: Thank you, Chishal. What is the reimagining sustainability purpose and how does it in fit into UPL's global activities? Sure.
1: So I think uh, a couple of years back when we, as from a UPL standpoint, when we redid our mission, we asked all our stakeholders as to what's most important to them. Okay? And one of the core things that came from our employees was they said, look, We just don't want to be a company which sells products. Everybody can do that. We want to do two additional things. One, we want to sell solutions which solve the growers pain points, number one. And number two is farming and food is a very noble thing. But we want to have an even nobler purpose towards the planet. So our employees told us that our farmers and especially the small and marginal farmers because you need to understand, are the farming community is very different. In Asia, an average farmer will have one and a half acres, whereas in Brazil and in the U.S., an average farmer will have 4,000 hectares of land. So you are dealing with a very diverse set of even within the farming community. But all of them have similar pain points. So we had our employees telling us to focus on a greater purpose. We had our farmers and growers telling us about that. And we had, as we listened to the greater community, we listened to the United Nations, we listened to the FAO, we listened to some of our largest investors, we realized that sustainability was no longer a choice. It is an, it is compulsory and it is something which all of us wanted to do. And that's why as UPL, starting from our CEO, Jay Shroff, we not only made an internal commitment, we said, let's be bold. Let's make an external commitment to have reimagined sustainability at the heart of what we do and do that with the whole philosophy of open ag. Okay, so we, we just have, if you see the logo also behind us, it's UPL, reimagining sustainability and there is a tagline, open ag, open agriculture. We are saying it's innovation knows no boundaries. Whether the innovation happens within UPL, it's done by our ecosystem, we will encourage it. We will encourage it fully and that's what we've been doing. We are inviting, for example, startups around the world. We launched a global carbon challenge where we had 154 startups come and tell us how they will improve soil health, how they will help us measure carbon, sequester carbon and do good. And we finalized four of the entities, we invested in a couple of them. But even for all the startups, we made an open appeal that we have our research centers, we have research farms, Come and we will partner with you to actually undertake innovation over there. We made sure that it means on the product side, we have a commitment that in the next five years, at least 50% of our products and sales needs to come from sustainable and differentiated solutions. Unless we make those commitments, unless we embedded them into our KPIs, unless we, through OpenAg, invite such innovation for sustainability, we won't be doing our... We do doing justice to our cause and that's what we are doing across the board and the feedback on it to has been spectacular. Farmers are coming to us with innovation. They are saying, hey, you know what? I have done the baseline for carbon in my farm. Can you help me solve a certain problem?
0: What challenges are there for UPL trying to deliver meaningful impact as part of its reimagining sustainability purpose?
1: Absolutely. I think there are challenges. I think the first one is definitely awareness of the key stakeholders. Now, if you look at it as at a grower level, many of them have been doing those same practices for hundreds of years. Uh, Their families, their fathers, forefathers have been in the same farming industry. They have been doing certain crops in certain ways. And it's not easy to change, to just adapt to some new tech fad and uh, Uh, give up something which is a sure shot uh, thing for them. Uh, They need to believe it. So, the first time we go and introduce a new innovation, there is always skepticism. The next time we come back with the same thing, they will probably allow us to experiment something with a small plot of land. They will not give their entire farm to us. Absolutely not. So, it takes a couple of seasons, a couple of years to show them the impact, saying, hey, you know what? It's a triple impact. Your yield is benefiting. You're, You're having higher yield. Through these practices which help the environment, your cost is going down and you are doing good for the climate. You are sequestering carbon, you are using less water, using less nitrogen, methane and so on. So A, the farmer awareness, the grower awareness is there. I would say that the second challenge is on policy advocacy. So I think there is a huge role for policy advocacy and which is why from a UPL standpoint, we are not saying organic. There is a reason why we are promoting sustainable agriculture. Because sustainability has as much about health as it has about prevention. So policy advocacy is the second uh, factor. I think third is from a buyer and consumer standpoint, all of us when we go to the supermarket, I want the best quality at the lowest price. How many of us actually check the label and say, you know, this is sustainably grown. In many of the countries, we are actually, we have innovated uh, and through the QR code in some of the supermarkets, if you scan the QR code, you can actually see who's grown the crop, what has been the chemical composition, what has been the biological composition, what is the water consumption and we actually feel that consumers need to be sensitized and be sensitive to this. Otherwise, if you are always going to say, hey, I want the cheapest, I think then there's an issue. And it's not easy because as I said, on one hand, we need to make sure food prices are under control. We need to make sure the grower gets his due. So we need to not only educate the buyers in terms of the importance of what every one of their action is, but what we are trying to do is reduce the gap and there are at least seven to eight handovers between the farm to the time you and I buy from the supermarket. And that's our biggest challenge. Many of these intermediaries, many of these middlemen play a very key role in the food chain, but because of this layering, additional costs are added. And very importantly, from a climate standpoint, the carbon footprint becomes completely skewed. So, we are trying to reduce this. We are trying to use technology, but it's not easy. And our challenge really is when you put all of this together, can we do it fast enough? Our biggest worry is temperatures are rising, population is rising, people keep needing more and more food, water sources are not uh, getting more plentiful. So, how, will we? As a company or as a group of stakeholders, can we change this fast enough? Uh, Because it's very easy for a food company to say, you know what, I want the cheapest production. Uh, And then we say, okay, if production is cheap, the farmer is incentivized to use certain set of practices, which may be good for the short term, but are definitely bad for the environment, definitely bad for him in the long term. There are countries where short term practices have been used, where the soil is completely barren. Nothing can be grown there. Or if you have to grow anything there, tons of urea will have to be used. So are we killing the soil for our grandchildren? That's the challenge. Are we being so short-term oriented? Are we being so slow? Are we being so siloed? So, and as UPL, we are trying to create those coalitions, trying to create the policy advocacy, trying to create the partnerships to solve these challenges.
0: What is the long-term ambition of the Reimagining Sustainability Purpose?
1: I think we do not want the dialogue on sustainability to be an afterthought. Okay. It's almost like saying here's our business in crop protection or the business in food and ag, and we also do sustainability. We want sustainability to be the core. So to us, that is what the future of sustainable ag is going to be. It's when all the different stakeholders, whether it is the farmer, no longer feels that there is a trade-off between if I do a regenerative ag practice. It, is it coming at the cost of a near-term profit for me? No, the farmer should feel a sustainable practice is what is going to drive economic outcome for the farmer. Similarly, for the consumer, consumer should not have to face a choice between a, you know buying something, a banana or rice at lesser cost and then saying, oh, if it's sustainable, then it must be costly. That's what the trade-off is today. Organic means more expensive, no. We do not want such artificial choices or artificial trade-offs to be made by the three stakeholders that we want. We want, uh, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, when the dialogue on agriculture happens, just as the way we started, we said 25% of GHG is from agriculture. We want it to be the reverse. You want to say agriculture is a solution to 25% of the world's problems. And by the way, it's also helping on feeding all of us, it's also helping a community becoming uh, more and more financially viable and stable. So to us, when the dialogue is turned on its head, that's when as from a long-term UPL standpoint, we will feel comfortable at the ecosystem level. At our own individual UPL level, we've set up clear targets for the five-year mark where we will have 50% of our sales from renewable products, uh, sorry, from sustainable products. We are very sure that we want to be at the center of an ecosystem with startups on one end and established companies where we are actually coordinating and we are catalyzing this entire ecosystem through partnerships, joint ventures, experiments. And to us, it's a vibrant community, all of which with the same purpose. And to do that, uh, you know, as I mentioned to us, uh, you know, long-term is no longer long-term because you know, as the famous economist John Menard Keen said, in the long term, we are all dead. This problem is not a long-term problem. It's a medium-term and near-term problem for all of us to solve. So we have almost like a telescope where we have all the trends which we are watching and we have a microscope where we are actually saying, hey, what did we do this month at UPL? Did we actually make the the water savings in a project that we had committed to? Did we actually look at our Africa project and uh, is it making progress? Are we saving the, the carbon? that we are actually committed to. So we have a microscope and a telescope. Telescope to watch the longer term trends, but a microscope when we are holding ourselves accountable to execution.
0: What an ambitious yet attainable purpose. We are excited to learn more in parts two and three of this series on UP of UPL's efforts. Toshan, so, before we close, I would like to ask three quick fire questions. Are you ready? Absolutely. What does sustainable agriculture mean to you?
1: I to me, sustainable agriculture is a situation where the farmer is rewarded suitably for adopting the right environmental practices, and the consumer gets healthy food at the right prices. So to me, all the, the three constituents I mentioned, grower, consumer, and the planet are in equilibrium.
0: What trends are we seeing emerge in the agriculture sector that you're truly excited about?
1: Two trends Umulis, I'm very excited about. First is data availability. Okay. There is tons of data now in agriculture. Whether it's on the weather, whether it's on the farmer, whether it's on the farm, whether it's on the entire post-harvest chain, data is no longer an excuse to say I can't make better decisions. There is tons and tons of data. So that's trend number one. I think trend number two is coalitions, consortiums, collaboration. Okay, We have now seen that all of the stakeholders are grappling with the same issues, and people are not saying this is my problem, that is your problem. I think there is a lot more of joining hands, and this trend is evident amongst all companies, whether irrespective of size, and we are seeing that globally also.
0: What one thing can every person around the world do to help eliminate food insecurity? I think
1: one is a very high bar, so I'm going to take the liberty and tell two things which I think everybody uh, should do. First, is please don't waste food, okay, food wastage is a crime. If you see how much effort it takes to get food on your plate, uh, I think it's just really criminal to everybody involved and definitely to this planet, if you waste food. And second is, wherever you meet a constituent of the food chain, whether it's a farmer, distributor, just, you know, whether you explicitly or implicitly acknowledge their efforts, I just cannot imagine how much effort it takes. So, just acknowledge the unsung heroes who make this food come onto you every single day without fail. So, don't waste food and acknowledge the unsung heroes of the food chain. Those two things would be my submission.
0: Toshan, your honest and insightful thoughts have been extremely encouraging. Thank you for your time. Guests, till we meet again, challenge yourself and those around you to keep reimagining sustainability.